3: Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on ninety-eight seven and thirteen thirty KNSS. Watch out.
4: Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can also listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and True Social. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates. Little uh, Talking Heads burning down the house. Old college song, appropriate for our next guest. So in today's society, uh, you know, there, there's always been this general consensus that investments, uh, time, and effort, well, such as well, I don't know, excelling in the classroom and earning a degree, will help you achieve your intended goals. In other words, you put in the time. You put in the money, you get the payoff in the end. However, the Biden administration want to change that dynamic. They want us to put in the money so that today's college students get to enjoy the benefits of a degree in, oh, I don't know, non-binary gender fluid basket weaving, for example. With us now to discuss the dangers of forgiving student loan debt is Jonathan Butcher, he is the Will Skillman Fellow in Education at the Heritage Foundation. Jonathan, thank you for joining us this evening. It's nice to have you back on the show again, my friend. Great to be with you. So, uh, Jonathan, the Biden administration has extended the quote-unquote pause on student loan payments uh, now. Uh, They did it uh, back in May for a sixth time. By the time this latest pause ends, those who took out student loans – Will have been able to go thirty months. That's a two and a half years without making a single payment, nor accruing any student loan interest. Correct?
5: Well, that's right, and it's even more than that. They've actually said that it, students who were in default prior to the pandemic are having it any debts wiped away. So oh, they will how start convenient! Clean when they go back to having to actually repay, assuming that this is going to happen. I mean, look, they're talking now about forgiving student loan debts for, you know, individuals up to certain income levels. So, uh, you know, there's really two things going on here. You have, at the one hand, the president saying he wants to, you know, forgive student loans for individuals up to certain income levels. But at the same time, while he's sort of distressing everyone with this claim – the department of education is already moving well down this path
4: well jonathan this this is a just a raw deal for taxpayers the department of education estimates that each month they are losing over 200 billion dollars in repayments another 5 billion in accrued interest since the beginning of the pandemic the pause has cost taxpayers more than 130 billion dollars in interest payments alone, correct? I mean, this is, I know the federal government just prints money, but somebody's got to pay this eventually, right?
5: Well, sure. And it's been phrased in an entirely deceiving way. It's not forgiveness, right? Forgiveness would mean that it gets wiped away and that there's uh, no one at fault, right? Well, This is just shifting the cost to taxpayers. Right. And, you know, you have to remember that um, among American adults, um, there are only about approximately two-thirds, two-thirds of American adults don't have four-year bachelor's degrees, right? I mean, so you're asking an American public who, you know, largely they don't have four-year degrees to turn around and pay for those who may not even finish, right, may have just gone and taken out a loan and uh, sadly not have something to show for it.
4: Well, and and we're talking about forgiving some portion or all student loan balances—a taxpayer-funded bailout, basically. And you know, whatever happened to the concept of you go to college, you pay your loans? It's, I, I guess that's that's the thing that that bothers me here is a lot of these students are not poor. You're talking about in many cases affluent college kids who by very well likely could pay their own bills. And yet, because they've chosen to pursue, I mean, I don't want to be overly critical, but let's say they're not pursuing particularly, let's be fair, um, life skill oriented degree paths. Now they they don't have marketable degrees. That's not my fault. Why should we have to pay for it?
5: Well, you bring up two really important points there. I mean, it's not only that we should expect people to pay the debts that they have right it's also the families who saved ahead of time right. and put money in savings accounts and 529 plans and did a lot of creative things taking multiple jobs to allow their children to have the experience of, of going to college but then your second point is very well taken here um, there is a uh, a significant share of students on the higher end of the income spectrum and who are graduate students who hold very sizable loans a non-trivial part of the student loan market. In fact, um, they're actually um, greater than half of the the amount of of total loans that are owed right now. And so you're talking about students going to med school, law school, and who are going to graduate and get six-figure jobs or more, right? High six-figure jobs in some cases. And, um, you know, you're asking uh, taxpayers to underwrite the education for uh, for these individuals.
4: Yeah, I'm sorry, Joe Lunchpail doesn't need to be paying off the student loan debt of a neurosurgeon. I, I'm sorry, It's just that 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 doesn't make sense, and it doesn't even factor into the fairness question. We're we're talking with Jonathan Butcher from the Heritage Foundation, and and that really is a whole other question. Here is the fairness part of this student loan forgiveness is unfair to those who chose not to attend college, those who worked their way through college to avoid taking debt, and those who paid off their debt before. I mean, what about somebody who you know worked their butt off, paid off all their loans, and is now productive in society? What about them? Well,
5: sure, because this has an implicit message that it's elevating one over another. Right. And look, I mean, there are many in the blue collar sector who do quite well and make six figures because they have skills and have taken on trades that are in very high demand right now, right? Individuals that know how to repair anything from HVAC units to uh, plumbing work to electrical work are in an incredibly high demand, especially at a time when um, certain uh, services and materials Right, are a part of this shortage, and we're, we're having this, these supply chain issues. These individuals are, are, and their services are in high demand right now. And so, to say to them that their, you know, hard work, if they um, went straight to those careers, uh, that they have to turn around and pay for individuals that, uh, you know, went to college and again did not necessarily finish. Uh, is certainly not fair to the hard work that they've put into their own lives.
4: And Jonathan, I, I'm not that Democrats really care about this, but can we even afford this? A, a recent Federal Reserve analysis found that forgiveness of $50,000 of student loan debt per borrower would cost $904 billion dollars. Forgiveness of just $10,000 per borrower would cost an, an estimated $321 billion. So cumulative outstanding student debt currently hovers around $1.7 trillion, uh, of which about 100 and, or 1. $1.3 trillion is federal. So you're looking at $1.3 trillion worth of debt that has to be forgiven. I mean, I know Democrats generally don't care about paying for things, but how do we afford to add another trillion dollars worth of debt that we pay off? I mean, talk about inflationary pressures. Do they not care about that?
5: Well, I think the debts have gotten so large and the numbers so big that it seems lost on people of what we're actually talking about. So perhaps the best way to describe it is that the debt is so large. That there is no plan that Congress can agree on or come up with to repay it. Where the U.S. is right now, I mean, it's it's there is no plan to get America out of uh, its its own outstanding debts that that it has, and you know that's a pretty frightening prospect um, considering how they continue to operate without bits, without you know long-term plans for fiscal solvency. Um, I think the the best thing that That American taxpayers that parents and families and students can be looking for now are the new universities and institutions that have opened within the last five or ten years in response to the overpriced, woke higher education institutions that are operating and have operated for more than a century. There's some very exciting things happening in the entrepreneurial space now when it comes to new schools.
4: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because – for every dollar of increase in federally subsidized student loans, tuition has increased by 63 cents. So if you think about it, the only ones really benefiting benefiting from this whole scam are the woke colleges and universities. So we've got to start thinking outside the box, be it technical education or moving directly to, like you said earlier, these high-paying, skill-oriented jobs it may be college and going to a four year woke university isn't the only op solution that that kids right out of high school should start considering.
5: Yeah, definitely not. I mean you have uh universities now they're they're small Um, And there are a few in number, but they are increasing. And these are schools that are intent on the pursuit of truth, that want to keep tuition costs low, and want to give students experiences that will help them be successful when they finish. Um, Some of these, I mean, Saley's uh, College up in North Carolina is very small, was started by a business leader who um, wanted a low-cost, successful um, uh, school for students and have uh, apprenticeship opportunities. There's a, a University of Austin down in Texas, which was just launched by individuals like Barry Weiss, who's a former New York writer and Wall Street Journal writers. Glenn Lowry, who's an outspoken free speech advocate at, from Brown University. Uh, Jordan Peterson, the author and uh, also outspoken free speech advocate is the chancellor of Ralston College in Savannah. I mean, these are, these are all places that have formed and Years with the express purpose of being something else, being what Chaired should be in the U.S.
4: I I think that is time that that folks start considering these alternative university formats because as these institutions start going more woke and start raising tuition every chance they get it just seems like the the outcomes are not worth it anymore uh jonathan i appreciate you if if folks are interested obviously they can follow you on twitter it's jm underscore butcher and i I found some interesting articles on this subject at heritage.org but if they're interested that's where they can go and find more reading material as well correct That's right. That's right. Thank you. I appreciate you, Jonathan. Carry on the fight, my friend. Thank you. We'll be uh, taking your calls at 845, but coming up after the break, we'll unpack some of the results of Tuesday's primary with RNC Western Regional Communications Director Alex Keeler. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after
6: this.
3: It's not good to look at things through rose-colored glasses. You need to see what I see. Take a look at the world through Glenn's glasses. The things that no one sees. The Glenn Beck Program. I just need you to keep up, and I want you to have the warnings
7: and feel the urgency that I feel.
3: See the news clearly. You need to see all of this stuff. Mornings from 9 until 11. Stories that matter on 98 7 and 1330 KNSS. Dana Lash. House Democrats are pushing an assault weapons ban. One of the most compelling voices of our generation. It's a commonly owned rifle, and commonly owned is a huge legal definition. The Dana Show.
6: Their whole argument is predicated upon, well, because we want to save lives. Well, if that's the case, this is literally responsible for the fewest lives lost. This is never going to pass in the Senate, and even if it did, it would be challenged in court and easily defeated.
3: Weekdays from 11 until 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNI. I
2: don't know if you've ever heard of Black Eyed Kids. Oh yeah, we've had shows on that. Coast to Coast
7: AM.
5: His eyes, his eyes were slit, turned jet black.
7: I've never seen glowing eyes like that. Sometimes I wonder if it's, you know, like, is it, is it a demon? A lot
6: of people think they're
7: demons. I'm
3: saying that's not a fact, and so it's an opinion.
6: Was he a
2: demon? I think for demons. I thought he was a demon. Don't open the
3: door. Coast to Coast AM. Overnights on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS
1: every stock market crash has one thing in common recovery your retirement investments may have been hit hard when they recover is related to how they are invested i'm don grant the money tracker a certified financial planner professional with fortis advisors let me help you develop an investment plan that fits you your needs and this economy call me don grant cfp 634-2222 that's don grant 316-634-2222
7: Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC, FINRA, SIPC, advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Fortis Advisors, is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Call from
0: mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
2: all-star closer kenley jansen we have a question what's the best podcast of all time
3: Your phone call is welcome at 869 1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS. There's a hole in this country where it's hard used to be. No glory is divided on the fire and street. They say building back better will make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress with
4: the sun. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98, 7, and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com. You'll find a link to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and share The John Whitmer Show on Facebook and Truth Social. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. And that's the best way to stay informed on all the latest show updates. So value them both, sadly, lost on Tuesday and lost big, let's be honest. But the Wichita Eagle described the results as, quote, something may be changing that we could be seeing a, quote, generational shift in Kansas politics. Are they right? Or are we seeing the wishful thinking of the left-wing media? With us now to unpack some of the results of Tuesday's primary is RNC, Western Regional Communications Director Alex Keeler. Alex, thanks for joining us this evening. Appreciate you taking your time on a Sunday night to check in with us.
6: Absolutely. I appreciate you having me, John.
4: Alex, let me ask you, conventional wisdom has has always kind of been that Kansas is a pro-life state, despite Tuesday's results. I don't think
6: that has changed. Do you? No, I I agree with you. I don't think it's changed at all. Um, And and while, you know, the the results on Tuesday was disappointing, uh, you know, I think that there's many things that we can learn from this uh, moving forward for the pro-life movement. Um, I think there was, you know, confusion out there. I think the values yeah. in both folks and I think the, you know, Kansas Right to Life did a fantastic job um, and, you know, working to, to turn the vote out and educate people uh, on it. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the opposing side had a lot more money that poured in from out of state. Uh, and they really tried to make this a flashpoint uh, and a lightning rod. And their their misinformation, you know, talking about how. Uh, you know, if value them both goes into effect, it would be a complete ban on abortion and, you know, your contraception might get banned. Um, there was some misinformation spread by the other side that uh, muddied the waters and, and made things confusing. Um, and I think at the end of the day, that's that's kind of what happened. I don't think that this changes the fact that Kansas is really a red state, really a pro-life state. Um, and I, I think it's time to kind of go back to uh, the drawing board and retool. But I think in a few years, you'll see that, um, you know, we're right. We can come back to this conversation then.
4: No, you're absolutely right. And I, and I think clearly we see what lies and $20 million in out-of-state money can buy you. I, I, I think that's, that's what my first initial take from this whole thing was, is, you know, when the left gears up and, and is assisted fully, full-throatedly assisted by the media – well, that, that's what you get.
6: Yes, exactly. Um, you know, with all that money pouring in and, and all the ads that they were able to, to push out, all the misinformation, um, you know, on placards and walking and everything that they were able to do, um, you know, it, it was very frustrating to watch. This was really the first chance that uh, Democrats felt like they had to make something, a referendum um, on the Dobbs case that came out of the Supreme Court. Uh, and so they were really hyper-focused on this. Um and it ended up working. So, uh, while it is frustrating to watch, um, it's also frustrating to watch outside money come in from national groups and from regional groups uh, who really aren't going to be affected by anything that happens in Kansas regarding um, law or regarding abortion or or anything else. Um, you know, it, it, it's very frustrating to see that happen. And I think most Kansans, when they wake up to that fact, will be will be frustrated and and uh, probably feel like they got duped in a way. Yeah, no, um, you're right. So, you're yeah.
4: you're absolutely right. And, and you know, despite this and it was a bad result, there's nothing we can you know, there's no no putting lipstick on a pig on it. It was a bad result. But looking at the rest of the primary election results, this was a good night for conservatives and Republicans, though, wasn't it?
6: It was. Uh, and so I think that's why it's, it's interesting uh, that the, the national media um, and even some of the media in Kansas and regionally seized on this. Um, it's because, of course, most of them are in the pocket and, and are Democrats uh, when it comes down to it. Um, and so they really wanted to play this up. And, and it could be it could backfire on them. Um, it could be, um, you know, something that comes back to bite them in the end, because we're seeing uh, not only in Kansas, but across the country, uh, we're seeing GOP turnout in these primaries significantly up. Uh, and so I think when it comes down to it, we're going to you know, talk about November. Uh, I think that this is really it's going to be a referendum on a lot of things. There are so many things that are going on, um, you know, coming out of Washington, D.C. and coming out of the Kelly administration uh, that people are frustrated with. And so I think that you're going to see uh, people vote for Republicans because of those issues, whether it be the border or inflation or high gas prices, uh, you know, having difficulty finding what you need at the grocery store now. Um, But. It also is going to be a referendum on, uh, you know, what happened with DOPS. I think that actually America is really a pro-life country when it comes down to it, when they have the right, um, you know, when they've heard the right message, I guess, and they have the right education on the issue. Uh, And so I think that the left right now is really overplaying their hand. The media is overplaying their hand. um, And I think that they're going to see that in November.
4: We're talking with RNC Western Regional Communications Director Alex Keeler. And, and Alex, I'm glad you mentioned that because – Democrats are crowing. They, they, they you know claim that these results are going to carry them to victory in November. But as I talk to folks, uh, even recently I was talking to some independent voters who, you know, the issues that, that they think about that, that I think Kansans care about are the economy, its jobs, its inflation. I think folks that came out and voted no cared about one issue. They voted no. They went home. Democrats are doing nothing to fix the issues that are going to bring people out in November. And that that voter, the general election voter, cares about those issues. And they're not the same voter that voted no on Tuesday.
6: I I agree with you, John. I think that's exactly right. And those independents you're talking about, uh, you know, I I think they care about the issues that most Americans care about. And that's that's exactly what you said. It it comes down to the kitchen table issues. Right. Right. It's uh, it's inflation. It's jobs. How is our economy doing? Uh, what are the opportunities for my children? And it's, they're not very good right now, especially when you look at Kansas. When you look at the metrics for Kansas uh, and see what the recovery has looked like, it, it hasn't been great. Uh, Laura Kelly is not doing a great job uh, when it comes to the economy. Uh, and if you look at Republican-led states, Republicans are leading in most categories, uh, whether it be jobs recovered from the pandemic or um, or whether it's uh, your, your – um, joblessness rate, you know, your, your unemployment rate, uh, Republican states, it's like, you know, you look at the the chart, it's like one through 20 Republican governors are leading on the issue and they're doing their economies are roaring back to life from where we were, uh, you know, kind of dead with the pandemic. Um, and Democrat led States, including Kansas, uh, they've kind of been trying to slog back, but they're not doing great. So I, I think at the end of the day, People are really going to be worried about the issues that affect them most every single day uh, and that they're going to vote against Democrats because the Democrats' policies are, are what has been causing everybody trouble.
4: Yeah, you're right, and and the Democrats seem to be obsessed with identity politics and climate change and and, and Donald Trump. Americans are worried about, as you mentioned, the gas tank and, and putting food on the table, and I think the other benefit for us is you know, we, we didn't have to go through a bloody primary for governor. We've got Derek Schmidt, who's focused on Laura Kelly, Laura Kelly, who's focused on any number of things other than, uh, you know, fixing the Kansas economy. And so I, I really do think that that's going to be the referendum here. Um, I do have to ask you about independent candidate Dennis Pyle, who just, you know, got into the race. He's He's he got enough signatures. It looks like we're waiting for confirmation, but it looks like he's got enough signatures um, he actually confirmed to the pre- in a press conference this week his intention is to act as a spoiler and split the Republican vote. I, I just you know it's so frustrating he he is a Republican and and he wants to split the vote. This is the only thing that could be a, a an issue for us is Republicans shooting ourselves in the foot. We got to get Dennis Pyle out of this thing.
6: Well, I'm not sure if you can really call yourself a Republican if you're going to try and split the Republican but yes, vote thank you. Thank uh, for you. governor. Um, so, you know, with, with that being said, I, I still think that uh, Attorney General Schmidt is in a great position, uh, you know, to become governor and to defeat Laura Kelly in November. Uh, you know, recently they just reported that they're going into the general election with $1.5 million cash on hand. Um, that's the most for a non-incumbent uh, candidate for governor in the history of Kansas. Uh, and Laura Kelly has been uh, spending a whole lot of her money. She's uh, you know, she, it's kind of like how she is in, in government. She's a tax and spend liberal and she <laughs> runs her campaign that way as well.
4: Yes. Um,
6: so I, I think that uh, the attorney general has done a great job in Kansas. Um, he's fought against the Biden administration every step of the way from, uh, you know, whether it be on the border um, or, or anything else. He's really stood up to the administration when they've had these radical policies that are coming out of D.C., um, he's been at the forefront of the fight, so uh, I think that Kansans know that. Kansans realize that. Um, I, I think that they will wake up to the fact that you know Dennis Pyle is trying to split this vote, uh, and we've just got to be you know consistent on the message um, that Derek Schmidt is the best for Kansas. And if you want something different, if you want the economy to get better, uh, you know, if you want to uh, you know make sure that there's uh, food on the shelves, that uh, we stand up to the Biden administration. Uh, And stop all these left leaning policies. Well, you know, you can't vote for Laura Kelly, you need to vote for Derek Schmidt.
4: You're right. And I think this is going to be a good year uh, statewide for Republicans. I think it's going to be a hard time for Democrats to gain traction in a statewide office in this climate. As you know, former Secretary of State Chris Kobach won the nomination for attorney general. Some suggested he might have a harder time in the general than some of the other primary opponents, but I I don't think so. I just think that a a liberal lawyer from Lawrence is not going to gain traction in this climate with Laura Kelly and Joe Biden dragging him down. Do you? I mean, do you see? I don't see that. Do you?
6: Uh, We feel very good. With where we're at right now, with where I sit today, looking at the map and looking at, um, you know, things for Republicans, it seems like the headwind's in our favor for all these issues that we've just talked about. Uh, You know, the economy, inflation and gas prices, kitchen table issues people are frustrated with. I think that generally plays in Republicans' favor. Um, We cannot take anything for granted. We've got to continue to hit the pavement. We've got to continue to make investments in the state uh, so that we can win in November. Um, And if we do that, if we do all the things that we're supposed to do and, and, you know, not listen to the talk of a possible red wave, but just keep our eyes focused on the goal, I think it's going to be a a good uh, year for Republicans up and down the ballot.
4: I do. I do like what you just said there. You are right, because we can't take it for granted. You have to run through the tape and you can't make assumptions. I, I think, you know, obviously look at value them both. We have to fight. We have to make sure that we're door knocking. We have to make sure that we're making making the calls make sure we're working the groups making sure that we're writing checks if if folks are interested any of those lines if they want to volunteer if they want to donate if they want to get involved it's gop.com and if they if folks are interested in getting in touch with you they can find you on twitter you're at am keeler and that's k-u-e-h-l-e-r on twitter correct
6: that's correct, and I'd encourage folks to uh, to go to schmidtforkansas.com dot yes. com and check out what the attorney general's doing, uh, see some of his plans for Kansas, uh, and see where he's going to take the state. Because I think folks would be really encouraged.
4: Yeah, I appreciate you uh, for coming on tonight, Alex, and and giving us the the perspective from the uh, the RNC's perspective. I I think we're going to be okay. I think, you know, we move on from the the little blip that was the loss of the value than both amendment. But overall, I think it was a successful night. And we just have to keep, you know, build on that and grow. Right.
6: That's right. Well, uh, you know, it, it was sort of a frustrating night on Tuesday. Uh, I would just tell everybody out there, just keep the faith. Um, things are looking good. Keep the faith. Make sure you get out there. Uh, help us out. Go make some phone calls. Go knock on some doors. Uh, let's turn the vote out, and let's go win on November 8th.
4: Well, and one of the other things I told someone the other day is now that we, we did lose value them both, the one thing we can't afford is to have pro-abortion Governor Laura Kelly back in office. And so that, if nothing else, needs to motivate you to get out and make sure Derek Schmidt wins in November.
6: That's right. Yeah, we we can't have her get back into office. And if uh, you're around the Kansas City area, we don't want uh, Sharice Davids, um, a pro-abortion Democrat, uh, in office in Washington, D.C. So we also need to elect uh, Amanda Adkins in Kansas 3 um, and make sure that we have a clean sweep of the state and make Kansas the red state that everybody knows that it is.
4: Amen, brother. I appreciate you. Carry on the fight, my friend. Yes, sir. You got it. Thanks for having me, John. We're going to pay a few bills, and when we return, House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins will tell us what we can expect from the Kansas House if conservatives continue Tuesday's win into November. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this.
7: This weather report is brought to you by Midwest Kia. We want to see you in a Midwest Kia.
6: A warm evening on tap as temperatures will be tumbling into the 80s and through the overnight hours, partly cloudy, 71 for the low, south winds at 5 to
1: 10. Tons of sunshine for Monday, 96 in the afternoon, hotter for Tuesday, sunny skies, and near 101. I'm KNSS meteorologist Rodney
6: Price.
5: And Kathleen Maloney, the Inflation Reduction Act heads to the House after squeaking through the Senate.
0: Senate Democrats sided with American families over special interests, voting to lower the cost of prescription drugs, health insurance, and everyday energy costs, and reduce the deficit, while making the wealthiest corporations finally pay their fair share.
5: Fox's Lucas Tomlinson. Republicans say the bill won't lower inflation. China continues conducting military drills in the air and sea around Taiwan following a visit there by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi.
1: We have been seeing, you know, their their military buildup, their nuclear weapons buildup, all of which is put and and uh, directed at trying to hold America at bay so that they can take Taiwan.
5: Republican Congressman Mike Turner tells Fox Report he thinks the U.S. should strengthen Taiwan's ability to defend itself. America is listening to Fox News.
2: This is the Sean Hannity Show. But this is the state of our country today. But you know what they're not talking about? Let's see. The Biden inflation crisis has 83% of Americans cutting back on personal spending. Why they can't afford it. Consumer confidence has now hit its lowest point in a decade. They're not talking about that or record high inflation or record high gas prices. 76% 76% of Democrats say this country is now on the wrong track. They don't want to focus on that. Sean Hannity,
3: Afternoons at 2 on seven and 1330 KNSS.
6: Stephen Ted mornings. Time for the KNSS Commodities Update with Tom Leffler of Leffler Commodities. Good morning, Tom. Well, good morning, Stephen Ted. So the Mega Millions jackpot is up over eight hundred million dollars. So are you going to go buy a ticket there, Tom? I saw somewhere this morning some business bought I think it was fifty thousand ticket for their employees. So if one of their employees hits it, do they all get to spread it out? Or
7: yeah, no, if all fifty thousand share it. They're all going to quit the next day. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you they didn't think that completely through, did they? No,
3: uh, they didn't. Stephen Ted in the morning. On 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. The Glenn Beck Program. America, you're an idiot. Don't want to be an American idiot. It's amazing how dumb Americans have become because of our media.
7: One nation controlled by the
2: media.
3: And quite honestly, because of our political parties. Idiots welcome. Do you want to stop being an idiot? The education you're not getting. Then maybe should educate yourself. The Glenn Beck Program, mornings from nine until eleven on ninety-eight seven and thirteen thirty KNSS. Live Sunday nights. This is the John Whitmer Show on ninety-eight seven and thirteen thirty KNSS.
4: Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. If you ever miss an episode, just visit knssradio.com. You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And, of course, make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook and true social pages and follow me on Twitter at Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. So liberal Democratic House rep Brandon Woodard took to Twitter on Tuesday night to celebrate the pro-abortion victory of the vote no folks. He went on to say, quote, on the same night that Kansas stood up for the rights of Kansans. Yeah, yeah, that's what they did. My moderate Republican friends in the KS Ledge that have stood up for our rights are losing their elections. Well, maybe they shouldn't have been voting with Democrats. The 2023 House is going to be more conservative, which is not good, unquote. Uh, Maybe if those moderates hadn't voted with Democrats all the time, they wouldn't have lost their primaries. (laughs) Joining us now to tell us what he thinks about the prospects of the 2023 House is current House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins. Mr. Leader, thank you for joining us this evening, my friend. Sean, how you doing this evening? Fine, thank you, brother. How goes the drive? I understand you're on your way out to Colorado for a well-earned vacation.
8: Well, so there's nothing like blowing a front tire on a motorhome. Oh, oh. so you're not on so, your way;
4: you're on the side of the yeah. road. <laughs>
8: we got derailed. No, I actually just uh, just got that taken care of and uh, on the road again. So it was a, it was four hours of uh, rough time there. Oh. Well, as you and I both have had
4: our our road trip experience when you and I went to Vegas for Pawn Stars. So you're a you. I know what road tripping with you is like, and it was a blast. So I, I can only imagine you guys are going to have fun. So I'm glad you're getting a chance to get a a little break, I, and I appreciate you taking some time on your vacation to join us tonight.
8: uh I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't miss it. We've had a uh, quite a week. Uh, I would say I'm pretty tired, and
6: I'll bet it's
8: been a long week. But uh, you know, we're going to do just fine. So, uh,
4: Dan Brandon Woodard isn't happy losing his liberal Republican colleagues, huh?
8: Yeah. So uh, it was. It was kind of a it was kind of an interesting cycle there. We had we we actually would we lose five. We lost five uh, house members. Um, probably the one that uh, bothers me the most is losing uh, John Chairman John Barker. Well, and, Abilene. That was, and uh, he was, that was not a liberal.
4: Board. John was John. No. I mean, I, I served with him as chair of Fed and State, and when he was chair of Judiciary, I loved serving with John Barker. I was sorry to see uh, sorry to see him uh, him lose.
8: Yeah, and it's uh it's going to be a decidedly uh, more conservative house this next year. You can just tell that by uh, the losses that uh, happened in the house, and and of course the opportunities that we have in the uh, general election here. Uh, certainly a possibility of picking up maybe three, four, five up in Overland Park, and, and and you know two years ago I'd never said that because we were really kind of in trouble up there. But things have the tide has turned. We've got some really great candidates up in in the Johnson County area. And I think that, uh, come, come October, or, uh, November, uh, we should see maybe as many as four or five, uh, new house members that we take away from the, uh, take away from the Democrats. So that'd be a nice deal. I was going to ask
4: you about that. We, I mean, obviously we still have to turn out the vote in November, but how do you think Absolutely. your caucus will look going into the, the 2023 session? I, even down here, you know, we lost Cheryl Helmer down in uh down south of us but that's you know it, it, trimmer's wife is now running down there that's a race we got to focus on we got to make sure that that we yeah. get out to help webster roth because um you know that's a race we can't lose
8: no that's that's absolutely true and in and, and webble he'll he'll make a great house member i'm really looking forward to working with him Uh, But that is a a pivotal, at least in south-central Kansas, that's very very much a pivotal race down there. Uh, You know, Trimmer owned that uh, area for, oh, I think 12 years it was. Um, You know, Cheryl been there four years. Now it's up for grabs. And we just got to make sure uh, Republicans get out down there, get out to vote and and elect Roth. We really hate to see that go back to the Democrat side. So that's a big one. Um, we also have sandy Pickert running against chuck schmidt in the southeast part of wichita and uh we need to get out and work hard that's actually that actually sets up very well for us so we should win it we just got to get out there and work for it and it's going to take some work it's going to take a lot of work so people need to really get engaged in that district
4: you know there's uh i gotta ask you about value them both obviously we're disappointed with the results um and, and, you, you know, if you talk to Democrats, they're just they they think this is a, a just forecasting for the future and that it's some kind of a pro-abortion referendum. I, I don't see that. I think that it's more a messaging issue, more about the amount of money they spent and and more about some of the missteps that were taken. I, I don't see this as some great pro-abortion wave that's hit Kansas. Do you?
8: No, I, I don't at all. I do think. I do think that uh, – and, and there's been some criticism about how the, uh, the the messaging for value them both was done, uh, the actual wording of the amendment itself. There's been some people criticize that. It's actually – it was actually pretty simple. It's just that the, our opposition did such a good yeah. job yeah. of creating confusion and and, and and literally spreading massive, massive lies. That amendment was so simple it just returned – the legislature yep. the right to to um, regulate abortion that's that's all it did of course they said that we're going to go and ban and that and that's truly i think what killed us you know uh kansas 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 um, and the polls show it kansas tend to believe that that uh that, that they don't like abortion but they do think there should be exceptions and they really use that against us the fact that it didn't say anything about um, you know the exceptions of life right you know uh, life of the mother rape and incest um if i think if i think if that part would have been written a little bit different that would have taken that narrative away from them and uh, the out, the outcome of that election would have been different but uh, we're certainly we're we're certainly still a pro-life state anybody that doesn't believe that we're a pro-life state they're wrong yeah i think uh, you're and, right and yeah we're gonna we're gonna have to continue to work on that and I think
4: we're going to see that in November. I think the rest of the, and we're talking with House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins. I think the rest of the GOP statewide candidates look good heading into the November election. I mean, set aside Dennis Pyle, I, I think, I think, you know, Derek Schmidt is positioned well. I think Secretary Kobach is going to be positioned well. I think whoever emerges from the treasurer's race is going to be, I mean, Lynn Rogers certainly isn't going to win that race. I think, I think we really look up, look set well. For you know, Scott Schwab will win re-election. I think we're going to do really well at the statewide level, don't you?
8: Oh, I do too. I think I think all of those will will end up being just exactly where they're supposed to be. We, you know, the treasurer's race is really the only one uh, that we're still up in the air on, and and it's trending in uh, Stevens Johnson's favor. But you know, really, that's not going to end until until the statewide audit uh, of that race. Uh, we, you know, a year ago or in this last session, we. Put a new law into effect that if, if it's uh, if it's that close, then it, they have to do an audit of all 105 counties. And so I've been told that that probably will not be done until around the 22nd of August. So um, we got a little while to wait to figure out who's going to be the nominee. But um, I do believe that we'll win all of those so statewide. I think we're looking very well. Um, you know, Dennis File has thrown kind of a little bit of a wrench into the governor's race. Uh, but we can overcome that. Uh, I think it's just important for everybody to realize he's placed himself there to be the spoiler. Um, he, he wants he wants to hurt Derek Schmidt, and that's not what Kansans need. Kansans need to stay solid behind Derek and make sure that they support him all the way to November 8th. He, we need him. We have to have him. Uh, if we get – listeners, listen to this. If we get Laura Kelly back, if you make the mistake and vote for Dennis Pyle can we get Laura Kelly back, she's going to go slamming to the left because she's never going to be elected again. Right. So that means that we're going to have to deal with a really crazy woman in the governor's office going to the left. I mean, she's 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 done it. She, she's but she go, she's going to get a lot worse going to get a lot worse
4: yeah there'll be nothing so, constraining her after that i mean because no. you're right
8: she she doesn't
4: have a political future anyway but she will really not have any political future after that
8: and and, and you also have to realize that if she gets it she will be able to change the court even more Yeah. she's had three she's had three appointments so half almost almost half the court is hers she could get another one in another four years and that sets the court up to be liberal for the next 25 years. That's how important this race is, and that's the reason why Derek Schmidt has to win.
4: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I had forgotten about that entirely. But that is, and talk about, we we just saw the impact of the Kansas Supreme Court. We we are now a, an abortion destination because of the Kansas Supreme Court. The last thing absolutely. we need is to give Laura Kelly another appointment to that that body. And, and I think you're right, Dan, I'd forgotten about that. That's so important, it's just another reason, and you're right about Pyle. I you know why add fuel to that um I think I think Kansas are smart enough to see through it we'll see uh you know he's I, I've extended the invitation we'll see if they take us up on it um Dan, if folks are interested, if they want to stay in touch with you, you've got a phenomenal newsletter. It's danhawkinskansas.com. That's the best place to get in touch with you. Get your newsletter. They can also find you at Majority Leader Dan Hawkins on Facebook, correct?
8: That is correct. You got them both right.
4: Until... get you back in there and you're the new speaker but uh i said that you didn't have to so
8: (laughs) we got a long way we got a long way to go we got four months before we get to that point we do brother i appreciate you
4: drive carefully have a nice vacation we'll talk to you when you get back all right my friend okay take care john love you dan We'll take a quick break, and then I want to hear from you. Our phones are open, 316-869-1330. Give us a call. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS,
1: Wichita's number one talk. The following is a commercial announcement. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Odyssey is looking for an experienced digital and radio account executive to join our team. Odyssey seeks an experienced, self motivated sales professional to develop and sell advertising and marketing campaigns to new and existing clients with an emphasis on new business development and digital sales. The account executive will use a wide variety of Odyssey's products in their portfolio to solicit businesses for advertising in their on air, non traditional, and digital platforms. If you are interested in a career in radio, submit your resume to odysseyinc.com. Slash /careers. We are an equal opportunity and affirmative action employer.
3: I will mispronounce everything because I want to. I'm going to say Jeff for all of my life. I also say pillow, quarantine, warsh, and milk. Dana Lash, the most focused voice on American radio.
6: You cannot bully me. I wasn't trying to. You know how people say they have blank you money? I have blank you attitude. Okay, but... I don't respond to that. I wasn't. I'm immune. I
3: was just trying to have some fun with the promo. Oh
6: my gosh, you guys, this was an absolute fecal storm.
3: The Dana Show, weekdays from 11 until 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
2: Coast to Coast AM. We're talking a little bit about the afterlife.
7: I've had
4: 12 near-death experiences. That would be a time where you would discuss the possibility of reincarnation.
3: Is reincarnation, the machinery of this cosmos.
6: Uh, I I died and woke up the next day, and it was like it never happened.
3: It isn't annihilation. It is resurrection. We only
6: have one life. We are an eternal
3: spiritual being. We never die. Coast to Coast AM. Overnights on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
7: Get the latest from the Kansas City Chiefs training camp with Mitch Holtus, play-by-play voice of the Chiefs. Mitch is live every weekday at 8.15 with Steve and Ted in the morning on your home of the Chiefs, 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Brought to you by American Ag Credit and by South Central Problem Gambling Task Force. Your phone
3: call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. Give me some time. I'm
4: in Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman. The Hartman Group of Companies, make sure you download the Odyssey app or tell Alexa or Google Home to play KNSS Radio. And, of course, make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook and True social pages and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. And don't forget, join me tomorrow at Jumpstart on North Broadway. Uh, afp kansas and knss are sponsoring the event we're rolling back the price of gas to the price it was on the day joe biden was inaugurated that's tomorrow from two o'clock till three thirty at jumpstart on north broadway come on out and save yourself a ton of money on gas i, I know i've been uh driving around Trying to eke out the last of our gas tank. Are you on fumes right now? I'm on fumes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm on fumes. Hope you can make it to the so,
7: remote, John. Well, if, I, if
4: I don't. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm taking the KNSS. Dang it, anyway. Oh, man. I'm driving the KNSS van. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe have your wife bring the car. My wife will pick me up. That's just purely by coincidence. Yeah. What a coincidence. My wife happened to come and pick me up. Right. That's it. Honey, can you bring me the car and pick me up? And while you're there. Yeah. Hey, why not fill up? Yeah, and watch uh, my luck. Yeah, she'll because she, she's always she's very timely. She's very good about being on time. Right, she'll come early. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we'll miss out.
7: And you'll miss out. Well, yeah, we'll miss out. oh well. Eh, maybe next time. Yeah, that's
4: right. <laughs> uh, you know.
7: So you know, John, I found a story about uh, uh, one of your theme songs. Of course, listeners here, we just heard it. Oh yeah, the you Laura know, Kelly theme Laura, song. Yeah, Laura. We, love this. Song. It's known as the Laura Kelly theme song on this show. Yes. Good but song. It's, we're not going to take it right? Twisted Sister. Yeah, great song. So I, I saw this story. Apparently a Republican candidate uh, named Carrie Lake running for governor of Arizona. Oh,
4: yeah. She just won her primary.
7: Oh, okay. Well, I guess throughout her campaign, when she made appearances, she played this song. We're not going to take it. Great song. I, I doubt she didn't call it the uh, the Laura, know, Kelly Laura Kelly song. song. No, probably meant for nothing. Joe
4: Biden, There you guess go. is. Right. She's probably thinking Joe Biden.
7: So uh, Dee Snyder, who's the lead singer and the voice there of uh, Twisted, Twisted Sister, sister sure. is a known Democrat. But he said, you know, when asked about her using the song, he's like, I'm never going to stop a conservative from using my music. Good for him. He says, quote, I wrote it for everyone. Cherry picking who uses it would be censorship. Good for him. That's kind of a refreshing attitude. Yeah, a lot of artists just shut it down immediately.
4: Yeah, didn't uh, one of the one of the guys Trump was using music, and one of the artists was got all bent out of shape yes. over it. Yep. You know, that's the thing. I appreciate these. Yeah, and especially he's a Democrat. Then, so right. I appreciate him being willing to say, you know, hey, I disagree with her politically, mm-hmm. but more power to her. Use the song. Right. That's what we need more of yep. these days. So, yeah, let's agree to disagree. But enjoy my music. Way to go, D. Snyder. Yeah. Kudos to him. Twisted Sister. You know what? We should play that song more often. <laughs> we should. We should play it more often. By the way, tune in next week. Two great, phenomenal guests. Uh, you got to tune into the John Whitmer Show Facebook page to find out who. Next week, great show. In the meantime, carry on, fellow deplorables. All star closer, Kenley Jansen. We have a question.
2: What's the best podcast of all time?